we found that battery waste will triple over the next 25 years. Of that tripling of waste, around 40% will come from the switch to electric vehicles. Dirty old diesel engines which have reached the end of the road can be reused and run on fresh air instead of fossil fuel to help us all get around without creating more waste. After so long staying at home to help overcome COVID-19, it's great to get back out into the world and visit people and places. The way we get around is changing as our country switches from petrol and diesel to electric vehicles so we can enjoy our freedoms without trashing the planet. When the UK government announced it was outlawing the sale of new petrol and diesel cars by 2030, it described the ban as a historic step towards ending the climate crisis. But are electric vehicles really any better than petrol or diesel? Welcome to Towards Zero. I'm Julia Horton and I'm hosting Zero Waste Scotland's podcast. We're here to help make our nation a place where nothing is wasted. That matters because the single greatest cause of the climate crisis here is all the carbon emissions created by the way we produce, buy and then bin everyday stuff, too often after just one use. We can all change that though by doing things differently to waste less. This episode in our Life After Lockdown series looks at how to get around again without making the climate crisis worse. At the start of this episode, you heard one of our circular economy experts revealing that our research forecasts that the switch to electric vehicles risks wasting vast amounts of batteries used to power them and the limited natural resources which those batteries are made from. You also heard me describing how polluting lorry engines can be cleaned up and reused to help make sure that we do cut waste instead of creating it as we make that vital switch to electric vehicles. We'll hear more about that later from Paul Codd, who set up Cheesecake Energy to pioneer an unlikely-sounding way to make the switch to electric more sustainable. First, we talked to Dr Ewan McTurk, an electric vehicle battery engineer who pretty much has a degree in EVs, as electric vehicles are known. Ewan is certain about the answer to that key question on whether going electric really is better for the planet. The EVs with today's battery tech are substantially cleaner and better for the environment than petrol or diesel cars. As a self-confessed EV fan who hosts his own EV YouTube show, Plug Life Television, you'd expect Ewan to say that. But his view is based on calculating the emissions created by manufacturing, driving and scrapping cars, deliberately comparing the best petrol and diesel cars with both the best and worst electric cars, as he explains here in detail. So I've crunched the numbers on the carbon emissions that can be expected from an electric vehicle over its lifespan. If we say... 160,000 miles and compare that to a petrol or diesel car, which would definitely, you know, that petrol or diesel car would not really want to go much further than 160,000 miles. The petrol engine is starting to get quite knackered by that point. So if we look at chassis manufacture, we look at battery manufacture and we look at carbon emissions from driving using a UK grid mix of electricity versus driving by burning petrol or diesel and also factor in the carbon emissions from refining petrol and diesel in the first place. So an equivalent size petrol or diesel car, like a a Skoda Octavia sort of thing, produces 46.2 tonnes of CO2 over that 160,000 miles and probably wants to get scrapped at that point because the engine is going to be quite knackered. A carbon intensively manufactured electric vehicle produced using gas fired electricity uh, in the factories is only 27.5 tonnes of CO2. And that's for a five-seater family car, the Nissan Leaf, with the big battery in it. However, in reality, because the Nissan Leaf is produced in Sunderland, which is a very low-carbon part of the UK and also has on-site renewables, that figure 
is actually nearer 11.6 tonnes of CO2. And if everything, including the driving, was done using renewables, the embodied carbon over that 160,000 mile lifespan, including producing the battery and the chassis, is 3.5 tonnes of CO2, down from 46.2 tonnes. So even the worst electric vehicle causes less emissions than the best petrol or diesel car over their lifetime. And the best electric vehicle is miles better than the best petrol or diesel one. And there's another clear environmental advantage to electric vehicles as well, because they last far longer than petrol and diesel, as Ewan says here. Mechanically, electric vehicles are incredibly simple machines. The motor has very few moving components. There's no clutch. There's no gearbox. They are incredibly simple machines. And as a result, they are borderline indestructible. So that means... 160,000 miles is nothing to that motor. It will just run and run and run. And in fact, the battery at 160,000 miles is still going to be in good nick. Making everything last from vehicles to clothes is central to ending the waste behind the climate crisis. With Scotland's electricity grid among the greenest in the world, charging more electric vehicles won't significantly increase demand for fossil fuels. In fact, it also helps us to use up supplies of energy which are currently wasted, cutting emissions further still, as Ewan explains electric vehicles tend to be charged overnight, which is when not that many people are using electricity because they're mostly asleep. And on top of that, wind speeds increase overnight. So actually there's an excess of wind power on the grid. So what we've found is electric vehicles are helping to utilise renewable energy that otherwise wouldn't have made it onto the grid because wind turbines would have had to have been paid to stop producing electricity because the grid would not be able to handle it. While electric vehicles are currently generally more expensive to buy than petrol or diesel, they already work out cheaper over their lifetime, with the average EV costing about half as much per mile to charge than fueling the average petrol car. Dundee is already rated as one of the best cities in Europe for charging electric vehicles, and Transport Scotland is helping to fund more charging points nationwide. Like anything else, buying second-hand can also be a great way to reduce waste and emissions and bag a bargain too. So going electric is better than sticking with fossil fuels for the planet and your pocket. But only if we make that switch sustainably. We just don't have a limitless supply of cobalt, lithium or anything else. So we can't just carry on mining regardless. Back at the start of this episode, you heard our expert Charlotte Stamper warning that soaring demand for batteries to charge electric vehicles could increase waste and emissions if we aren't careful. Here she is again on the research we've done with Transport Scotland and Scottish Enterprise, looking into how we use batteries to help find ways to make the switch to electric as green as possible. So this new piece of research is a really exciting collaboration and it recognises that obviously whilst there's a tremendous amount of good that comes from the shift away from diesel and petrol vehicles, that this will also place an increasing demand on the resources that we need to make that kind of technology. So in this research, we looked at how batteries of all kinds are currently used in Scotland, how many we buy and how many are wasted um, and what will happen to those numbers in the future. So we found that battery waste will triple over the next 25 years. And that's really due to demand across all sectors. But of that tripling of waste, around 40 percent will come from the switch to electric vehicles. The switch to electric vehicles is something that I'm, you know, as our previous guests have explained, is necessary and it has to be a rapid transition away from using fossil fuels. But we need to be really careful there aren't unintended consequences. And um, we need to think about where we get these materials from and also what happens to them at the end of life. As with everything else, the best way to help end the climate crisis is to stop wasting what we have. 
Batteries which have reached the end of the road in an electric vehicle can still be used to help power people's homes. Once they can no longer be reused, recycling them is also vital to help reduce waste and emissions further. Here's Charlotte again on the issues and opportunities in Scotland. At the end of uh, any useful life, recycling the raw materials that go into a battery is is incredibly important. And a lot of the major uh, global battery manufacturing companies are now looking at something which we call closed loop recycling. So that's the idea of what goes into a battery then comes out at the end of its life and is used to make the next generation of batteries. And the reason that's important is because actually getting raw materials out the ground is incredibly energy and emissions intensive. So um, it's really important to make the best use of the materials we've already got out the ground rather than mining new ones all the time. At the moment in Scotland, we don't have um, any facilities that recycle batteries. So in the reports, we found that all of the waste is exported to Europe and even further afield. So there's an opportunity there um, if Scotland pursues the idea of manufacturing its own batteries, that that could be coupled with the recycling of those batteries at end of life so that we have a very resilient and secure supply chain for those materials. So that's definitely something that could be done. I mean, Scotland has already an incredible strength in depth when it comes to innovation and academic research around batteries. We just don't do an awful lot of the the manufacturing or recycling. So that's something that as the demand increases that the country could definitely look to do. As well as making better use of batteries, we also need to make the way we charge them more sustainable, including the charging points we install nationwide as demand soars. Here's Charlotte again. So Scotland um, has some definitely challenges that other parts of the UK don't. So parts of Scotland are remote and the grid is uh, it needs reinforcement. So it's not set up to deliver a tremendous amount of energy to vehicles. So there will be some work needed to be done to to put energy storage in, for example, in the more remote areas of Scotland. Um, I think with charging infrastructure in general, the same principles apply. So um, we need to think about designing that infrastructure for the tremendous amount of progress that's happening in the sector. So, for example, a charge point that you bought five years ago is now positively outdated. So are we doing our best to design infrastructure that can easily be upgraded as the next generation of cars come along? And I think also I know that I've seen recently that charge points can be integrated into existing things like lampposts, which is a really good idea because you're not building something new to concrete into the ground. You're connecting with existing infrastructure and also things like lampposts are communal um, and you don't need one built on every single person's driveway. So I think it's just back to those same principles of of making sure that we're we're not just buying new and um, putting lots of infrastructure in for the sake of it. That point about how we need to stop always buying new to reduce waste and save the planet really matters, as Charlotte stresses here. If everyone in the UK switched their car to an electric one tomorrow, it would place an absolutely unsustainable demand on uh, raw materials um, because of the sheer volume of, of new batteries and new cars that we need. So it's not the answer. It's not just to go out and buy a new car and everything will be sold. So the message is still that we do need to switch to electric vehicles, but we need to do that without accidentally creating more of the waste behind the climate crisis. 
What if we didn't need to mine any resources to produce the batteries to power electric vehicles? What if we didn't need those batteries at all? This, finally, is where cheesecake energy comes in. Anyone who's listened to our previous episodes on food waste being one of the worst causes of the climate crisis might be wondering if it's possible to fill up our cars on cheesecake. So I'm afraid it might disappoint you to learn that cheesecake energy gets its name from the founder's fondness for eating this popular dessert. What they're actually doing, though, sounds even more unlikely. This is what they've found. Dirty old diesel engines, which have reached the end of the road, can be reused and run on fresh air instead of fossil fuel to help us all get around without creating more waste. Well, they're taking a, a, basically a lorry engine at the end of its life, so it's done a couple of hundred thousand miles in the lorry, and they convert that from a diesel engine into an air compressor. And they stick a, an electric motor at one end, uh, and that uh, puts our electricity in, it turns the motor, um, which we use the pistons to actually compress the air inside the engine. And then that, that air gets hot. As it gets hot, we pass that through heat exchangers, siphon that off and store it in a heat store. Uh, and that is just a packed gravel bed. So it's, it's fairly low tech and cheap. Uh, and the, uh, the compressed air, uh, which is now cold, then gets stored into what's well, essentially a big scuba tank. It's a, a high pressure gas container which comes from the oil and gas industry and then they run the system uh, in reverse and generate electricity they essentially put the, the, the cold high pressure air um, together with the heat heat it up and run it through the the engines as which are now working as expanders so the air is, is pushing the cylinders open and that's driving the engine which drives the motor which is now a generator and that generates ac electricity so we've got an electricity in electricity out system while Ewan stressed the ongoing reduction of cobalt in electric vehicle batteries, Paul highlights further resource concerns here, which his unusual solution can overcome. The, the, the problem with lithium-ion batteries, which is the, the typical go-to solution at the moment, um, that the, there's 500,000 gallons uh, of water in, in one tonne of lithium. And some of the 60% of the world's cobalt production is used in the production of lithium-ion batteries. These are difficult to, to dispose of and recycle at the end of use. And uh, we've got uh, a system which is um, you know, environmentally benign. It's, uh, it's essentially an air-driven system, um, very easy to recycle and, and, and reuse at the end of its life. Running a vehicle on fresh air sounds like the greenest possible fuel. Doing it by reusing old lorry engines is an inventive way to turn a problem into a solution. Here's Paul again on the potential to work with the motor trade. Paul will, for example, have warehouses full of Euro 3 and Euro 4 diesel engines um, waiting to, to find another use, but they're no longer no longer road legal. Um, and uh, you know, as we as we go forward, there'll be further uh, additions into those uh, uh, warehouses of, of newer engines. So, but Volvo are certainly not alone. Every manufacturer has a legal responsibility for vehicles, so this new green way to use them can give countless engines an unexpected new lease of life. Paul sees wider potential too. Scotland is a very forward-looking nation and has really embraced the EV revolution. Uh, yes, absolutely keen to, to work uh, in Scotland on, on a variety of fronts, and that could possibly include up to you know, manufacturing our systems here as well. That could bring even more green jobs as we get around a bit differently. I hope this episode was food for thought. 
We can do more to help end the climate crisis by changing how we get around. It's vital to switch from petrol and diesel to electric vehicles, but it's also vital to do that sustainably by making better use of what we've already got to make things last longer. Please share and subscribe via your favourite podcast provider or visit our website to listen to more episodes and find out more about how we can help everyone waste less. For anyone disappointed that no actual cheesecake was featured in this episode, you could check out our tasty cheesecake recipe on our Love Food Hate Waste website using leftover jam and overripe fruit. Look out for our next series coming soon, sharing more stories to help everyone save the planet by doing more to waste less. Thanks for listening. Bye.